Welcome to Manufacturing Tomorrow, focusing on advanced manufacturing innovations, solutions, and partnerships that exist in our region now and in the future. Hello there. You are listening to Manufacturing Tomorrow, brought to you by the Ohio Manufacturing Institute at The Ohio State University. I'm Katherine Kelly, your host for this segment. Today we are speaking with Sean Hendricks, president of Nissan Chemitech America, located in London, Ohio. NCA is part of the automotive division of Nissan Chemitech Corporation, headquartered in Japan. The manufacturer produces high-quality plastic injection molded parts for the automotive industry, focusing on parts that require 700 to 2,600 ton-sized machines. Before taking the leadership position at NCA in 2012, Sean served as senior vice president for several years. He worked at Honda of America for 23 years as manager of their plastics and stamping procurement departments. During his career, he has traveled around the world to visit over 150 manufacturing plants, both large and small. And I would be amiss if I didn't mention that he's an Ohio State alum. Sean, welcome to the show. Thank you. I'd have to say go Bucks. Go Bucks. <laughs> For audience members who are not familiar with the company, and uh, I have to say I, I, was, uh, I received a um, wonderful tour of the production plant. Uh, could you please tell us a little bit about NCA's history? Uh, I know it was founded in 1988 and Worthington Industries and Sumitomo was involved, uh, but could you give us a little bit of a, a brief history? As you mentioned, the company was started in 1988 as a 50-50 joint venture between Worthington Industries and Nissan Chemitech Corp, uh, located in Nihama, Japan. Uh, they began actually producing parts and shipping products to Honda in 1989. Uh, the company uh, had several good years, and I believe it was back probably about the late 90s, around 98. Uh, Worthington, uh, Worthington Industries wanted to uh, go back to focus on their steel business and other things that they were involved in. Uh, so at that time, Nissan Chemitech Corp. Uh, bought out the remaining shares from um, Worthington Industries. So the company was then wholly owned by Nissan Chemitech Corp., uh, but the company name remained as London Industries. In June of 2008, uh, as really a uh, token of our thanks to our uh, chairman in Japan for really uh, sticking with this company and continuing to support and invest the company uh, and to recognize the heritage of Nissan Chemitech Corp., uh, we decided to change the name here in the U.S. to Nissan Chemitech America Incorporated. So as a major supplier to Honda, what are some of the parts that you manufacture? Uh, we, we supply uh, the rear tray, which is where your uh, speakers are and where you throw things uh, in the back of the car, <laughs> and also the uh, what we call the ABC pillars uh, on the interior plastic. Uh, we also supply the inner fenders, uh, which is where your wheel well is, and we supply other uh, underbody-type plastic components as well. So as I mentioned, I just went on a tour, and I saw some massive machines working on these parts. So uh, could you describe to our listeners what, um, in, in terms of the, the magnitude, I mean, if you could help them visualize what this looks like? Okay, well, I'll try. <laughs> uh, we have about 29 presses here. And our primary focus uh, when we are uh, quoting business and wanting to have business in our facility is really in the press size range of 700 ton on the low end 
up to 2,600 ton on the I, on the high end. Um, the rear trays uh, for the Accord and Civic are typically going to run in those uh, larger machines, as do the inner fenders. Uh, the A, B, and the C pillars uh, will typically run in a 1,000 ton to 1,500 ton size machine, depending on how many cavities they are. Um, to give listeners who really don't have experience uh, with plastic injection molding or our part, uh, as I tell uh, people when we're going on the tour, you're going to see molds at, that make these parts that are literally about the size of your entire vehicle. Yes, they were much larger than I am, that's for sure. That's true. <laughs> so, uh, you pride yourselves on not only manufacturing the latest technologies for the automotive industry, but also anticipating and in um, developing these technologies to stay ahead of the global economy. Um, and uh, I, I do have to add that uh, I think a lot of that uh, is, is based on, on your, um, I, I think it's uh, very much on the eliminating the product effects and, you know, and, uh, and uh, the, I think that's definitely within the realm of what we talk about or, or what's been uh, discussed in the media about smart factory approaches. Mm -hmm. So uh, how would you explain that? Um, relative to the smart factory, as you mentioned, uh, you know, currently all of our business here in the U.S. is with Honda. Um, Honda builds a uh, product that is recognized uh, for its quality uh, throughout the world, and that's how Honda gets repeat customers is by the um, history of their quality performance and so forth. So to be able to supply a customer like Honda, you too have to have excellent quality. One of the things that we have worked on for probably about the last seven or eight years um, is trying to um, make a quality product uh, by building assembly fixtures and what we call poke yokes or which are inspection systems built into uh, the assembly fixtures to really try to make it almost impossible uh, for one of our associates to make a bad part. Uh, we check for presence of clips and foams. Uh, airbag grommets in the ABC pillars uh, are really a, a critical safety feature uh, of these uh, parts. Uh, if we were to forget one or misassemble one, it could not only be a quality defect uh, at Honda, but it could have a serious, if it got past Honda, it could have a serious impact uh, on the consumer if they were in, a, in an accident. So uh, we have a couple engineers that uh, design and build uh, these systems in-house. Um, we invest a lot of money in them, but the payback is through uh, improved quality. And I, I, I have to say that the, I think the approach you've taken, it, it's just incredible. I mean, for you to get to actual, the actual moment that, I mean, when there, whenever there is a rare defect, is uh, that, that's just in, incredible tracking. Yes, we actually ship over 1.1 million parts per month uh, out of our company here. And we um, label each part, all of those 1.1 million parts, uh, every month get an individualized serial number um, that is printed out once the assembly fixture or the pokey oak uh, signifies that it's a good part, then the uh, individual part label will print out. And um, if we have a quality defect at Honda, uh, we can actually read that barcode to know the exact 
uh, time and location and associate uh, to see what happened. Uh, we also have cameras uh, throughout our facility and we can, in most cases, we can actually go to our camera system uh, with all the uh, photo files and videos on our servers and match up that quality defect at the particular point in time with video. And sometimes it's easy to see that the associate turned to their left instead of their right, and that's why they made a bad part. Uh, we've also been able to show that the defect didn't occur here. And we've actually been successful on some occasions to go back to Honda, say, here's when the part was made. And we actually sent Honda the video. Here's the video. Uh, this part was produced as a quality part, left here as a quality part. The defect occurred somewhere in a warehouse or at your process, Honda. Absolutely amazing. Uh, I wanted to talk a little bit more about uh, some of the other innovations that you've, you've taken um, to make your production more efficient in order to achieve uh, global cost competitiveness? I, I think that's a great question. And, um, you know, I think it is still difficult uh, for some Americans to realize that we are in a global economy. And what does that mean being a global economy is you've got to be globally competitive if you want to remain in business and especially in the manufacturing business. And uh, some of the things we've done is really looked hard at our overall equipment effectiveness, uh, which uh, obviously is abbreviated as what most people know as OEE, and come up with ways to try to keep the uptime uh, on our machines and increase our OEE. And we've uh, developed some uh, assembly systems and innovations uh, where we lay out our assembly processes uh, in ways that we can continue the assembly process uh, by making a mass production part and a whip part and continue to feed our assembly lines. And uh, if a machine goes down, we can still continue to make those parts, whether it's a mold issue or a material issue uh, or a machine issue. Uh, we have some of our presses that are actually running uh, above 90% OEE, which anyone knows anything about OEE, that's an outstanding measure. I mean, it really seems like the shift is more toward the, the predictive analysis than the, you know, so that you're avoiding the, any kind of reactive approach. Yeah, you know, kind of getting back to our fixtures and our poke yokes, I always challenge our engineers, every new model uh, that we're going to supply parts for Honda is to go to the next level. And go, go to the next level just isn't simply let's spend more money and make a more advanced uh, poke yoke, but it's to go back and look at our past problem history on those same parts that we produced for the last five years and look to see where we made mistakes um, and then how do we apply the technology um, to countermeasure those mistakes so they don't reoccur on the new model. So it's not just, you know, it's not just let's spend more money. It's let's go back really, as you said, study and predict what we think is going to happen in the future and develop countermeasures before we need them. And I think a, a part of that, as you explained to me on the tour, is, uh, is not just the, the technology, but also uh, what you've asked your associates to do. And I'd really like you to speak about the FIT team, because I think that's incredibly innovative, what you've been able to do accomplish and accomplish there. Uh, the FIT team uh, is basically an acronym for Focused Improvement Teams. 
And I started these teams a few years ago uh, with the purpose of improving our quality, our delivery, and also our efficiency. And in the development of the teams, a lot of times companies will say, yes, we have some associate involvement teams. But when you go and ask a group of associates to go out and improve a process, what does that look like to them? Most of the time they have no idea. So what we developed was a 35-point uh, audit sheet that enabled any hourly associate or associates to go out and audit a process, and basically that would generate a radar diagram so they could see the weak points in the process, whether it was due to the machine or the method or the material or something the associate was doing incorrectly, and then develop countermeasures and uh, an action plan to improve those. Um, the teams then are empowered, uh, and I coach the teams, or used to coach the teams, to help them uh, change the layouts, uh, update the process sheets or the operation processes on how to make the parts, and we've had tremendous success with them. For a new model that Honda is starting, we completely went to the next level, and uh, I turned the fit teams over to our lean engineer, and we are actually having our hourly associates develop all of our mass production processes for this new Honda model that's ready to go into production. So most companies are, you know, let's, let's run to the engineers and let's run to our process engineers and how are we gonna make this part. Uh, we've had our fit teams working since February uh, to develop the layouts and the operation standards and what gets put on first and what gets put on second and what makes sense and what doesn't make sense. Uh, and uh, they will be uh, actually making their uh, presentations to me tomorrow uh, with their final plans. Then what we'll do after this new model starts up, we will evaluate the uh, quality and delivery and efficiency of these five teams and the team that is able to demonstrate the highest level of improvement from the previous model to the new model in quality del delivery and efficiency uh, will actually win a pretty significant prize. I had not heard of any other supplier doing that. Are you aware of any others that are doing the same thing? I'm not aware of any supplier handing their process development for this major new model over to about 20 hourly associates. Amazing. So um, let's, let's talk about you for a little bit. I heard that you have an interesting background that resulted in your leadership role here. Um, how did you come to become the first American president of NCA? Well, I worked at Honda for... 23 years, and in about year 21, uh, Larry Judy, who was uh, one of the top American executives at Honda at the time, uh, asked me to come to what was London Industries um, to help them. Um, London Industries at the time had a very good uh, Japanese president by the name of Mr. Kaneyasu Maeda, who was very well schooled and uh, knowledgeable and, ap and could apply um, actually the Toyota way. Uh, he actually studied under one of the students of the original Taiichi Ono. Um, but one of the difficulties we saw was how he was, you know, how, how could he carry that message to the American management team 
and get buy-in. And uh, Mr. Myatt and I established an outstanding relationship because we both have a love for manufacturing. And so I was able to bridge between him and uh, our American uh, management, our American leadership, and uh, this company really uh, started to take off then. Well, you've definitely instituted a number of innovative practices, and uh, and I'm wondering with, with all of that innovation, if you've had to reach out to outside partners or, you know, do, do you have uh, relationships with uh, with academic or, or other um, partners that uh, that help you uh, amplify your success? Um, we do have, we do reach out, we do try to get involved as our uh, time capacity allows us to. But in the relationships uh, that I've been working to develop um, with uh, OH Manufacturing, uh, some of the local schools I developed, as we discussed on the tour, I've developed uh, relationships uh, with some of the Ohio State professors um, in the integrated systems engineering and also recently in mechanical engineering. Uh, and also I developed a relationship uh, with uh, some people down at Rio Grande University. I don't look at these relationships as to what they can do to help me or help my company. What I'm looking to do is to see how uh, I or we as a company can help them. And uh, what I mean by that is, and I think this uh, is a common problem for most manufacturers uh, is really trying to find and develop uh, young people uh, that are interested in manufacturing today. Um, you know, there's a lot of old paradigms uh, out there uh, held by probably even a lot of parents about what manufacturing is. Uh, you know, you go into a plant and it's dark and there's fires burning in the corner like the dark ages. <laughs> and, that, and that's not what manufacturing is today. As you saw in our plant, even as a plastic injection molder, we, we apply a lot of different technologies. Well, you know, where are these technical people going to come from uh, in the future? And it's not uh, just degreed engineers, but uh, we as a company and many companies I know of are finding a very difficult to almost impossible uh, task of trying to find hourly technical people. So as I'm developing, you know, relationships with uh, academic institutions like Ohio State or uh, uh, Rio Grande or here in Madison County, uh, we're working to establish some things uh, with a manufacturing day in October with the high schools and Tolls Technical Schools. It's really about starting to uh, get that interest going uh, for both uh, young people and show them the type of career they can have in manufacturing and also trying to break through uh, some old ideas on what, you know, people have uh, about manufacturing and parents, you know, honestly, I've heard tell their uh, students to avoid manufacturing. You don't want to get into manufacturing. Well, uh, many of us have had great careers in manufacturing, and I think for us to have a strong global economy and a strong national econ economy, uh, manufacturing has to be the foundation of that economy. And, uh, you know, the folks who have that passion for that, it's, uh, you know, I, I, we definitely need more, need more of those. So, 
So I, I'm going to go to the question that we ask uh, a lot of our guests. And uh, what I wanted to ask you is, uh, what would surprise us about NCA? Well, whenever someone visits uh, our company, um, mostly what I hear that they rave about is, one, the size of our machines. Because if you're not familiar with the uh, plastic injection molding, you know, 2,000, 2,500, 2,600 ton. Those are very large machines in size. Um, I can attest to that. And, and for those of you that aren't uh, schooled in injection molding, when we talk about tons, that's actually the clamping force, uh, not how much the machine weighs, but how much pressure uh, is required to hold the mold shut during the injection molding cycle. So if you have a very large machine, that means you have a very large mold, which requires a lot of pressure to hold that shut during the high-pressure uh, injection. Uh, and then other visitors comment, like we talked about Smart Factory and what we're doing with our assembly fixtures and poke yokes and sensors and cameras and all these different type of things. What I think is unique about our company and one of the things that attracted me uh, to remain at this company instead of returning to Honda is that it's a family-owned company. And it's a Japanese family-owned company. Uh, our founder, Mr. Uh, Kikuo Ichimiya, founded the company in 1942, uh, actually as a construction and deforestation company. Uh, he then began to do some work for Sumitomo, uh, which is also in Nihama, Japan, and did some construction. Then he started doing some resin compounding for them, and then later actually went into um, the injection molding. And... You know, we talk about a family-owned business and a family-owned culture, and uh, we have a very strong family culture in Japan, and uh, I believe we have a very strong family culture here um, at our company here. And why is a family culture? Well, if it's your family and it's your business, uh, you used the word passion a moment ago. Um, if it's a family-owned business, everybody is more likely going to be passionate uh, about making that company successful. And the other thing, you know, about families is that they're uh, based on relationships. And I think we have very strong relationships um, throughout our company. Um, you know, when I get up in the morning to come to work, I look forward to coming to work. And I think that's knowing um, that I'm coming to a place uh, where our management team, our associates have buy-in to what we're doing here. Um, we have a number of managers and hourly associates that have been here 15 and 20 years, and they have buy-in uh, to the company. And as a leader, um, that's something that's uh, worth looking up and getting uh, worth getting up and looking forward to coming to work for. Well, Sean, it's been wonderful speaking with you. I, I appreciate you taking me on the tour, and I have to wish best of luck to the FIT teams tomorrow during their presentations. Thank you. I'm sure they'll do fine, and thank you for visiting this and Chemitech America Incorporated today. Thank you.